0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
4: The
5: volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. It's got great promotions. It's easy to use. It's safe. It's secure. You get your winning fast. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. And you can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know that I sent you.
2: This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Somebody punch him in the face.
5: Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion.
2: Hosted by SI's
5: Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything
2: going on in the world of boxing.
5: When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix.
6: All right. Are you uh, ready? I am ready to go, Chris Mannix. I had my 11-hour sleep. I'm refreshed. I'm rejuvenated. I'm ready.
5: It's amazing you're doing this because I-, I just assumed you weren't yesterday. when You, you know
6: what? You are really pissing me off yesterday. Anytime I can get a chance to piss you off, I do it, but I'm always going to come through. This, no, is, what don't, I, this is what I do. Absolutely, I like upsetting you. I like pissing you off, and then I like to make up.
5: You absolutely do not always come through. Just to be clear, you do not always come through. You can always rely
6: on me. That's not you can the case always rely whatsoever. on me. I always come through in the end. No, because you're always complaining that you're tired. Uh, I'm you, tired right now. I've got, got kids, man. I'm always tired.
5: You are home by yourself for eight hours a day. I day trade, bro.
6: I day trade. It's
5: <laughs> not a taxing activity. <laughs> uh, Sergio Mora, former junior middleweight champion, DAZN broadcaster. He is here. We're in Las Vegas for Canelo Alvarez against Dimitri Bivol. It's a fight you can see Saturday in the U.S. on DAZN pay-per-view. I want to get to that, Sergio, but we were at uh, Taylor Serrano DAZN last week. I discussed that with Jake Donovan uh, from Boxing Scene. You can check out that podcast uh, from Monday. So, But I, one thing we didn't discuss from last week was Shakur Stevenson's fight uh, against Oscar Valdez. This was a title unification fight that was just dominated by Shakur Stevenson. Wins a lopsided unanimous decision. Now has two belts at 130 pounds. And, you know, I'm often wrong with predictions. You don't say. But I think I predicted that. Like, I think Shakur is almost unbeatable is is. let's put it this way he is unbeatable at 130
6: and is also almost unbeatable
5: at 135 pounds
6: no he he looked unbeatable he looked uh it was a a boxing clinic to do that against another undefeated champion a strong motivated champion like Oscar Valdez that just shows you that he's the best at that division and he is unbeatable at this moment now no fighters unbeatable you know later later in their careers when they fight you know start fighting other other champions but Oscar Valdez was an undefeated champion he was he was a beast I mean he was a beast against Burchell Burchell was a beast so yes right now at this moment of his career Shakur Stevenson is unbeatable and we talked about this in jabs Mannix whether he cracks the top 10 and I said no he's going to be 11 or 12 No, he cracked the top 10 with that performance because I I, I didn't think he was going to dominate the way he did. I'd
5: put him right now at number 10 on my list with a lot of room to grow in it because while the fights for him at 130 aren't great, the other title holders don't really move the needle, he could move to 135 and get himself in real fights very quickly. I mean, the biggest fight out there for him right now is against Lomachenko, like this is a fight that top rank has talked about in house for years. Now you have a unified champion at one thirty in Shakur Stevenson, the former unified champion at one thirty in Vasily Lomachenko. I mean, you've got uh, you've got the you've got a mega fight on your hand. That's a legitimate pay per view fight between Shakur and Lomachenko. And at this point, I don't know who wins. Like they're
6: both such
5: great boxers that it's a coin flip type of fight.
6: Man, I would love to see that fight. I mean, it'll be Southpaw versus Southpaw, high fight IQ, young versus old legend. That right there, I mean, I don't care if Lomonchenko is, you know, at, at the end of his um, prowess, I would say. He's not, though. Like, you know, no, he no, lost no. the fight that's to why I, Fimo. That's why I used the, the right word. Not at the end of his career. I said. Boxing prowess because he is in his mid 30s now. He's been around a long time. You know, he's been fighting since he as a kid, but he, has, he hasn't taken much damage. But he is an athletic fighter, and we all know the legs are the first thing to go. But still, at this point, judging off of Lomonchenko's last performance, and of course, of course, Stevenson's incredible boxing clinic against Valdez, yeah, man, I want to see that fight next. I mean, the longer we wait, the more it's going to be in favor of Stevenson. But we know Lomonchenko wants challenges, and he's he's willing to fight anywhere anytime against anyone and that's an easy fight to make on uh on um on espn who would you favor in that fight you know it's funny man uh i I would easily have said before this valdez performance easily hands down i would have said lomanchenko come on high tech we're talking about a gold medalist against a silver medalist a guy that's you know a a multi-division champion Uh, blah 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 i can go on and on about high tech lomanchenko but after what we just saw with Stevenson. I mean, he really, really was impressive against an undefeated beast in Valdez. I would favor Valdez this time.
5: I mean, you mean St- you mean Stevenson? Um, so, yeah. Excuse me, Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson. This time. Um, I don't know. At 135, Lomachenko still looks amazing. He had he does. a tough loss against Tiffy Lopez. Was bounced back with two great wins. It's a great fight. I hope it happens, uh, whether it's at 130 or 135
6: stylistically, I would love to see it because you need footwork in order to get uh, Stevenson out of his comfort zone. You know, when he's in control, that's what Loma has. Yeah, that's what he has. Yeah. And he does it from a southpaw angles and he's always moving. He's always he's always pivoting and he's always keeping you thinking. So it's going to be a. Uh, a thinking chess match, a power chess match between both those guys. And Loma goes to the body. I think that's where where Valdez went a little wrong. You know, he couldn't break that distance because he didn't have the footwork of Lomachenko, and he didn't really concentrate on the body. He was headhunting too much, and Shakur's too damn good for that. I mean, that was an A++ performance, and I usually can't give A++ performances. That was one.
5: Now, he beat a legit Mm -hmm. top 130-pounder, and he beat him easily. So he's got a lot of big fights ahead of him, whether it's at – 130, 135, the winner, Devin Haney, George Cambosas would love to see against Shakur Stevenson, some fun fights maybe for him over the next couple of years. All right, let's talk about why we are here in Las Vegas. Canelo Alvarez returns, and he returns at light heavyweight. The first time Canelo has fought at 175 since 2019. He will do it against Dimitri Bivol, who has had a version of this title since 2017. So he's had this belt for a long time let's start here how dangerous is Dimitri Bivol? and put it to context like Canelo's recent opponents everybody since Golovkin let's say like where does Bivol rank among the more dangerous opponents Canelo has faced
6: look every single time we talk about this Mannix I'm going to say this is going to be the the toughest opponent for Canelo and then he just ends up beating them down. Callum Smith, that right there surprised me because Callum Smith was just so much taller. I mean, he had, what, six, seven inches in in height. He had just equal amount in reach, and he embarrassed Callum Smith. Callum Smith was the best 168-pounder at the time. And look at what he did. He damn near busted his arm and just busted him up for the entire time. Caleb Plant, you know, excellent jab. We know the jab is the key. Ring generalship is the key. Knocked him out in the 11th. Kovalev. He wasn't really penetrating with that jab, but he lasted to eleventh round, got knocked out as well. Bevo has the best jab in boxing, second to Gennady Golovkin. Golovkin had those two two razor-thin decisions with Golovkin. I mean, without Canelo, so I expect a similar type fight. Only Bevo has better footwork than Golovkin, and you need footwork. You need ring generalship. You need uh, to maintain that distance in that second fight with Golovkin. Canelo broke that distance. I think Beavil's not going to give him that opportunity. It's going to be a high-powered, high IQ chess match, and Bevel does punch hard enough to hurt you. So if if Canelo uh, gets caught coming in from a big puncher like Bevel, I mean the fight can change. And Bevel, like we just finished in the fighter meetings, very, very smart fighter. I mean he uh, he says all the right things, even though you know he doesn't speak English that clearly. I know what he's trying to get to, what he's trying to say. You know, he know he has the power, but he's not relying on power. He's relying on footwork. He's relying on the fact that, um, you know, he needs to maintain the distance, catch Canelo coming in, and and he knows that he punches hard enough to do it. Uh, very dangerous fight, Mannix, and I know I say that often, but when you really break down the numbers and you break down the style matchup, it ain't, it's, it, Bivol has the power. He has the skill. He has the strategy to maintain it all the way to the end. That's another thing. You can be successful against Canelo five, six, seven rounds. Look at Caleb Plant. He had some success for got stopped. You know, you got to make it all the way to the finish line. And that takes not only strategy, that takes physical uh, strength, but it takes this mental fortitude to do it all for 36 minutes. Dimitri Bivol has that. And he just told us right on the fighter meeting. So Kovalev didn't have it. Plant didn't have it. A lot of fighters that face Canelo don't have it. Well, we'll it. You see. Across the finish line, we'll and see. You have if he to has have it. the strategy all the way to the end. Well, we'll see if he minutes has minutes of focus.
5: We will see if he has it because. No, he has it. Everybody said it Mark before. Mark my words, he has it. All right. Well, look, one thing he does have is a really potent jab. Probably the most weaponizable jab since Gennady Golovkin. Golovkin threw that jab as a power shot. Bevol has shown the ability to throw that jab like a power shot. He's not just flicking it out there in the way Sergey Kovalev did back in 2019. He can land that with some authority. He threw it, I think it was 76% of his punches in his last fight against Sulamov were jab. Threw more than 500 jabs Broke him down with that jab, and that's something that you know Canelo has proven to be susceptible to. Whether it was against Golovkin or whether it was ag- early against Kovalev, what I need to know, Sergio, is will he throw the right hand when he has to? Because I maintain you cannot beat Canelo Alvarez just by throwing jabs. Many have tried, everyone has failed at this point. You can't beat him just by jabbing him to death. Mm-hmm. And Kovalev, I mean, sorry, Kovalev, Bivol said the same thing. Um, a lot of other guys said, I will throw the right hand. I will stand and trade with him in the ring. But when you get in the ring with that kind of speed, how many times have we seen fighters shell up a little bit and not throw that right hand? So we might be able to flick that jab out a lot, but if you're not going to throw the right hand against Canelo, you're not going to beat him. Do you believe he's going to throw the right hand?
6: First of all, what I want to know is, is is weaponizable a word, it is. Mr. Boston College, but uh, do I think he's going to throw it? Yes, Bevo, because you need you need balance reason Kovalev didn't throw power punches especially that right hand because he didn't have the legs he didn't have the footwork he's already he was already past his prime Kovalev was you know he's still dangerous with power but he and you know, he was scared of body, and shots.
5: He was afraid of body
6: shots he also didn't have power behind he that. didn't have the power but Bivol has balance you know uh Bivo will come forward he steps back and counters you with that right hand he comes and he has that shotgun jab and he doesn't ignore more about the body he has these he has these kind of timing hooks, especially the left hook, it's, it's kind of a weird technique. Good technique, but it's a... I'm not ready to declare
5: Beeble the best at 175. Like, better BF be has been just wearing... And he also has a better resume. I mean, Vostick is a better win than I, anybody else. I has.
6: don't think he does. Oh, come on. Come on. Vostick, pas, pas, Pascal? Jean Pascal? Oh, come on. When, when, world Pascal champion. was back in 2000. That was a few years ago. Like, Joe Pascal, Smith? That, Joe I mean, Smith's a great champion.
5: win. Joe Smith's a great win. I don't think that's better than... Uh, the Von hey, listen, wins. Isaac
6: Chalemba gave a lot of people trouble. Oh, stop trouble. Isaac I'm not.
5: He doesn't win against anybody. That. I get people... it, but
6: there's a lot of sneaky good wins, and he has a, a sneaky damn good resume. All right, let me does. ask you
5: this, because we brought this up during fighter meetings, we brought up during press conferences, all that. Uh, Beeble, in his first 13 fights, 11 knockouts. His last six, no knockouts. What do you ta- take away from that? Is that an issue?
6: Well, we asked him that. Well, I asked him that.
5: You didn't ask him I asked him that. No, this didn't. time. You asked him after I did cuz you never I listen can... to me when I'm asking questions. Well, All right, last thing for you. You have been mocking the idea of Canelo moving up to heavyweight to fate Alexander Usyk. Mocking it for he's months. He's
6: 5 ago. foot 8. Chris okay, Man,
5: but what do you make of this door being open? If Usyk beats Anthony Joshua, do you think it's possible and should Canelo go up and fight he Usyk He should at not.
6: He should not be fighting a heavyweight a heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. <laughs> And uh, not only that, a heavyweight champion of the world that's a gold medalist that has the nifty footwork that's a... He's just too much.
5: Dare to be great, Sergio. Fight for the heavyweight championship.
6: Make it happen. You are nuts, Chris Mannix. I'm telling you right now.
5: You know what? Why don't you go take another picture with another fighter? Why would you do that? I'm going to the pool now. (laughs) When we come back, my conversation with Eddie Hearn.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not
0: believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
5: Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Choose from the money line to the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. The app is so easy to use and when you win you'll get paid quickly. And FanDuel Sportsbook just launched in Ontario, Canada. To place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code BOXING. All right, well, Eddie Hearn is a busy man these days. Last weekend, he was ringside in New York for the Katie Taylor-Amanda Serrano event. This weekend, Canelo Alvarez, Dimitri bivol that's a fight you can see exclusively on DAZN pay-per-view. Eddie, let's let's look back before we look forwards because you hinted at the success of Taylor Serrano earlier in the week on Wednesday. DAZN released some numbers on it, which they don't usually do. 1.5 million uh, viewers worldwide for Taylor versus Serrano. How did that number match up to what your expectations or hopes that that fight would do.
7: I mean, much bigger, Chris. You know, I think obviously the bulk of those numbers coming from the key markets around that fight, which was US, UK, and Ireland. Um, and just fantastic viewing figures. And and again, we, we keep talking in the build-up to this fight about male and female boxing. Well, that outperformed virtually every male boxing event. Uh, in the UK and, and you know, from an international fight and the US as well. So it was a huge success and important to tell that story. You know, DAZN don't often release viewing figures, if you like, but because of the importance of that particular event, it was very, um, you know, it was key for everyone to say, look how big it was, look how successful it was. And I've, I felt even in the build-up, it was an event that people wanted to celebrate. You know, there's a really good feeling of goodwill, wasn't there, even in the arena that night. And and following that, we should celebrate its successes in terms of it being a commercial draw. Because I said in the build-up, you know, it's not just about saying, oh, we should do some women's boxing because that's a nice thing to do. We do it because it works. And if it works, it has even greater longevity and sustainability. And, you know, everyone wants to know when's the next big female fight or when's the rematch, you know? So let's speak about the
5: rematch. Do do those numbers and the success of the show at the gate, does that arm you with the resources to make the rematch (laughs) sooner rather than
7: later? That's a very good point. And the answer is not necessarily. You know, um, if we look at the show, if we look at the margins, you know, in terms of matchroom and MVP, it wasn't like, um, you know, you're not going to feel sorry for us, but it wasn't like we made... A huge profit that night. You know, we invested a lot to give these fighters the purses that would stand out as not just what they deserve, but newsworthy as well, in all honesty. So to increase those numbers, you know, it's a very interesting situation where normally when a fighter loses, they'll get less for the next fight. But with Amanda Serrano, is that the case? You know, she raised her value even though she lost. And of course, Katie Taylor, winning that fight would inevitably want more. So you have to go to the revenue streams and say is that even possible? You know, Dezone, how do you feel about that? The gate, how can that be increased and and you know in terms of revenue. So um the answer is if everyone's sensible, but you know, you have to get what you feel you deserve, then I think there's a very good chance that the rematch can be made. If not, we'll look at other options, but certainly it would be my preferred choice to try and see that fantastic fight again. DAZN
5: has entered the pay-per-view space, uh, which will begin with this Canelo and Beevil fight. Does the outcome of Taylor Serrano make you wonder if it's worth going on pay-per-view for the rematch?
7: Personally, I would like to see fewer pay-per-views if possible. You know, not obviously that DAZN have their first pay-per-view on Saturday with Canelo Bivol, we understand it's Canelo Alvarez. You know, sometimes you get generational stars that will sit in the pay-per-view model. Taylor Serrano, you know, one of the reasons that we left Sky Sports is we wanted to actually do fewer pay-per-views because of the criticism we were receiving. And Taylor Serrano was always planned to be pay-per-view on Sky Sports, the first one, not the rematch. And one of the great things of of doing that fight on DAZN was that it sat in the UK and in Ireland as a non-pay-per-view event. It just sat there as part of your subscription, which is brilliant for the customer. So, yes, we could do Taylor Serrano as pay-per-view in the UK, maybe in the US as well. But I would just like to see it sit across part of your, your subscription on DAZN. That's where I feel the product delivers incredible value versus every other broadcaster you know, normal pay-per-view events that are not pay-per-view. They sit as part of your subscription. And that that would be a good example, that rematch, of where we choose not to put a fight on pay-per-view and make sure that our customers and DAZN subscribers get value for money.
5: So there's a lot to work through, but how likely is it in your mind that we see a rematch before the end of this year?
7: Um. I go back to, I think, I don't want to say if everyone's sensible, because that makes me feel like I'm telling people to take a deal they might not like, you know, but if everyone's sensible, I think we will, we will get that fight made. You know, we're looking at Croke Park in Ireland, but at the same time, that would really have to be by the end of September because of the weather. You know, will Katie Taylor, will Amanda Serrano be ready by the end of September? Possibly. We've also had interest from the Middle East, for that fight as well as, you know, just a standout attraction within itself. And Madison Square Garden, when we left on Saturday said, don't forget about us for the rematch. So there's there's some nice options there. I wanna make sure that we choose the right venue, but I also wanna make sure that we, we get both girls as much money as possible. And quite frankly, you know, Katie has got other options, you know, crossover fights really, with Holly Holm and Cyborg and fights like that. But the biggest fight, by far, for both of them in boxing, is each other. And that was the situation going into the first fight, and that's still the situation today.
5: You mentioned Croke Park in Ireland. Katie has never fought in Ireland as a professional. Um, In the aftermath of that fight, have you or Katie's manager, Brian Peters, received any kind of feedback from Irish officials about the feasibility of bringing Katie back to Ireland?
7: I think there's always been great demand from everybody in ireland to stage a katie taylor event um and we've always talked about doing it one of the reasons that you know i know that there's some reasons why boxing hasn't taken place in ireland but another reason is because when we talked about Croke park it's like can we fill Croke park it holds sixty thousand. the answer now is yes so that makes me a lot more confident to move forward. But it's early days. You know, we'll probably go to Ireland in a couple of weeks and let Katie go before the media there and have a moment before the fans and stuff like that. And then we'll start planning. Um, But it may may fall a little bit early, Croke Park, you know, for, for the rematch. But we'll see where both sit in terms of returning to training.
5: All right, let's talk about this weekend. Canelo against Beeble, light heavyweight championship. Canelo moving back to 175 for the first time since 2019. Bivol is probably not the most well-known fighter in and around the 168 to 175 weight classes, but why do you view him as one of, if not the most dangerous guy out there?
7: I think this is the one of the toughest fights of Canelo Alvarez's career, unquestionably, for so many different reasons. Um, and let's break them down. Size. You know, we know that Canelo is a very small 168-pounder. Well, he's a tiny... 175 pounder, quite literally tiny 175 pounder. So, you know, the only time he stepped up to fight at light heavyweight before was against Sergei Kovalev, which was an incredible fight and a huge move. But it was against the guy who was in the backstages of his career, against a guy that hadn't really lived the life, against a guy that might have just been through his prime. And Canelo Alvarez was behind in that fight, and had to come back and knock him out in the 11th round to win it. Dmitry Bivol, in my opinion, much better fighter than Sergei Kovalev at that time. Fresher, unbeaten, never been hurt. Tremendous engine, great footwork, technically very, very sound. Sharp puncher, right? All these things. And the thing with Dmitry Bivol is because I've been involved with him a long time, they have been crying out for an opportunity like this for the last three, four, five years. You know, he went out, you know, had a great win against John Pascal many years ago, boxed Joe Smith, now WBO, light heavyweight world champion, beat him easy. And he's just, you know, he's coming off the back of a couple of fights, just like Katie Taylor did. You know, when everyone started saying, oh, how good is this person? Because they didn't look great. And then you raise the opposition and they, they show how good they really are. He will have to be a pound for pound great to beat Canelo Alvarez on Saturday. But what he will do is give it everything. Be extremely tough, be extremely fresh and fit. There's no marks on him. There's no jagged edges. There's no leaks in the the engine. This is a young, fresh, hungry, world light heavyweight champion. And I think unquestionably one of the toughest fights of Canelo Alvarez's career so far.
5: I want to ask you about something Tom Brown said this week. Brown, of course, promotes Al Heyman's PBC shows. Uh, he came out and said that PBC offered uh, Canelo Alvarez $100 million combined for fights against Jamal Charlo and Errol Spence and effectively said that, you know, in a way praising Eddie Reynoso, the manager of Canelo, for getting the most money for the least risk in this deal that he took with Matchroom and uh, with Zone. What would you say to that?
7: Well, firstly, there's absolutely no risk in fighting Jamel Charlo because who on earth has Jamel Charlo ever beaten at middleweight? Give me one standout win. You can't even do it on his resume, right? He may be a very good fighter, Charlo, but his career is moving at a snail's pace. That's number one. Number two is what belt could Canelo Alvarez dethrone from Jamel Charlo in that fight? None. Okay. Now, Errol Spence at one, I mean, what will they want? 164, 163, whatever it is. Firstly, Canelo has made it very clear he doesn't want to box under 168 pounds. Number two, what fight's that for? What belt can he dethrone from Errol Spence? Absolutely none. So, like, I don't see that option. Knowing Canelo Alvarez, that option just gives him such little motivation. Give him a champion, let him move up, let him take a belt, let him go away. That's what he wants. And by the way, maybe there's also something to say for the fact that he wanted to work with us. You know, we had three fights with him. We unfortunately were blocked from making the undisputed fight. And he had to go and have a fight on PBC. They did everything they could to keep him. And he chose to come back to match him and to zone. So there's many different reasons um, that he chose not to take that fight. But give him a champion. That's what he wants. You know, he doesn't want to have voluntary defences. He wants to fight champions that he can take belts off. And this Saturday is a very good example of where he can go up and beat potentially the best light heavyweight in the world. In Dimitri Bivol and take another huge piece of, of that division and set himself up potentially with the winner of better be Ever against Joe Smith, which would be an incredible undisputed fight.
5: Uh, before then though, there is uh, a deal in place. Let's call it for Canelo to face Gennady Golovkin who took care of business on his end um, last month over in Japan, winning two, uh, uh picking up a second piece of the middleweight title are is that sign seal delivered in your mind? If Canelo wins, that fight is happening in September?
7: I think uh, if we get the victory on on Saturday for Canelo Alvarez, I think you'll get news of that fight for sure. You know, uh, Triple G had to do his thing in Japan, which was a very difficult task, coming back off, what, 440 days of inactivity, going into Morata's backyard. Uh, and now Canelo has to do his piece. So we don't want to jinx anything. But if he can be victorious at the weekend, I think uh you'll get some news of of that incredible trilogy fight for September.
5: All right, last thing for you. Um for for weeks, if not months, uh Sergio Mora and I on Dazone have been debating whether or not Canelo should challenge Alexander Usyk for the heavyweight titles if Usyk is successful against Anthony Joshua. Uh you came out and said and breathed some life into that this week when you said Canelo told you that if Usyk can come in just a pound above the cruiserweight limit, um, he would fight him for those titles. How realistic in your mind is it that at some point in the next year, if Usyk wins, if Canelo keeps winning, that we see Canelo challenge for a heavyweight belt?
7: Well, I think if Canelo's going to challenge for a heavyweight belt, it will have to be against Anthony Joshua. <laughs>
5: I knew you'd say Because I truly believe he's going to beat him in that.
7: July. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, what where that... that headline came from was a conversation between myself and Saul, which was really about the AJ fight against Usyk. And he was talking about how to beat Usyk. And, you know, I just said to him, do you you think you could beat Usyk? You know, and Chris, it was the same answer that I get when I mention any opponent, which was, you know, of course, you make the fight a cruiserweight or a pound over cruiserweight, I'll beat him. So... You know, I, I don't think you could ever rule that fight. I don't think you could rule anything out with Canelo. You know, the amazing thing about Sal is, even when you mention Jake Paul or Usman, he never goes, oh, like, he just goes, hey, yeah, why not? You know? Now, Jake Paul and Usman might be slightly easier than Alexander Usyk. <laughs> but um, honestly, I, I don't think he would, he would talk down any fight. And if there was an opportunity to fight Usik at you know a pound over cruiserweight for the World Heavyweight Championship, I mean he's he's the boss, he'll make the decisions, but I I'm, I'm just telling you, I know he thinks he'll beat him. Can AJ make 201? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. But he probably <laughs> thinks he can beat, you know, I don't think there's a fighter around that he honestly <laughs> thinks like can you imagine Sal saying, No, I couldn't beat him like that's he, he wouldn't be able to get the words out of his mouth so we'll see
5: Now we'll see Eddie uh, good luck this weekend uh, another big event this time Canelo against Beevil and again it's a fight you can see exclusively in the U.S. on DAZN pay-per-view good to talk to you Eddie cheers mate when we come back this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
1: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
4: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
7: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
3: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: All right, time now for this week's picks brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Last week... I gave you two winners. I said Katie Taylor by decision, and what happened? In one of the best fights we've seen in a while, Katie Taylor wins by split decision. So 2-0 and last week, and I'm looking to go 2-0 and again this week. The only fight worth betting on this calendar, Dimitri Bivol against Canelo Alvarez. Now, Alvarez, predictably, is a big favorite going into this one. Minus 490 right now. Bivol, he is at plus 360, and I would love to tell you to take a flyer on Dimitri Bivol because I think this is going to be one of Alvarez's toughest fights of his career because Bivol is disciplined, he's got a great jab, and he is an in-his-prime 175-pounder, which is not the kind of fighter that Canelo has taken on in his career to date. But Canelo's just a beast, man. Like He is, in the prime of his career, a future Hall of Famer who looks like a sturdy 175-pounder. So, while I think Bevol is going to pose some problems early on with his jab, I think Canelo is going to figure him out, he's going to get close to him, and he's going to land some big shots. So, I'm taking Canelo Alvarez to win. I'm also taking Alvarez to win by decision. He is minus 140 by decision. That, to me, is showing more faith in Bivol's chin his jab and his eagerness to survive I guess is the right way to put it I think Bivol might go into kind of a safety mode later in this fight to make sure he goes the distance with Canelo he is at minus 140 to win by point of decision Canelo that is I would take that bet by decision those are my picks this week brought to you by FanDuel That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and Eddie Hearn for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week.
1: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.